0: Welcome to the Midweek Debrief with your hosts, the London Bonnie and Scrambler
1: of London. Okay, welcome back everyone to episode four of the Midweek Debrief. Thank you for joining us this week. Jed, how are you doing?
0: All good, all good. It's actually uh, quite refreshing that the cold weather has gone and now we've got a nice blast of what feels like spring.
1: Indeed, the, the warm weather is back. It's now about 10 degrees.
0: Yeah, today was about 10 degrees. Um, I think the other day was 14.
1: Yeah, 14. That was a, a scorcher. It's was quite
0: out. a weird sensation because I got all aired up, expected to be freezing cold and started riding to work and actually overheated.
1: It's really interesting because your perspective of what you think is cold changes a lot when you get very cold temperatures yeah because you then once it warms up again you go out the door and think oh gosh you know no i know toasty so yeah so happy days but although the snow is gone there's still not that much it grit. is still
0: yeah it's still very slippery out there um i've been just taking it carefully everywhere i go to be honest yeah because you know it's just it's just damp and there's a lot of residue on the road from all the salt and stuff and it's just my bike's being eaten away at um so i definitely need to acf 50 asap
1: yeah no good idea um but yeah, it's good to be back on the bikes, isn't it? It is properly. Yeah, properly. Yeah. And today was a really great day. Today was a great day and we'll and we'll and we'll get on to that. Yes. Um firstly though, I have some bits of news. Let's um, cover the news. Yeah, so I was reading my weekly M C N newsletter go on um this week was the christmas edition so it's a, f- oh. a four and one um it was talking about it was giving a roundup of the year and all sorts you know what's what's been happening in the interrupting world of bikes. yeah giving that
0: this is the christmas edition of the podcast as well oh indeed it is yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're sort of pre-recording this because we're not gonna be able to get together over the christmas period because we're both seeing relative sides of families and all sorts of, away from london essentially so
1: yeah but we wanted to make sure you guys wouldn't miss out so we are yeah, this will be posted as, as normal. There won't be a break in the schedule. So no. Enjoy. So, first bit of news. The I'm sure you're very familiar, and this is not really related to classic bikes, really. But, so the KTM 890 Adventure. Yeah. You're familiar with that? Yes. That parallel twin. <clears throat> its predecessor, the 790 Adventure. Yeah. Um, Was discontinued in 2020. But they're now bringing it back. Oh. So it had a two-year hiatus, and they're bringing it back. They're going to keep... The 890 adventure going, but okay. we also have the 790 adventure. That seems quite bizarre. So they're they're two very similar bikes, but the the 890 is going to be built in Austria, yeah, or in Europe or wherever they build it. However, the 790 that they're bringing back is going to be built in China by CF Moto. You know, one of these companies. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That so it's, also... it's
0: going to be a budget alternative, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, but the price is TBC, so we don't. We there's uh, no, okay. no information on that. But it's still the 790. Is going to produce 93 horsepower, mm. which in my opinion is still quite a lot.
0: That's that's a good amount to get you around.
1: And so, I was reading in the article, it was saying that the idea of bringing it back is more so that when you, you can that it's to bridge the gap between the 390 yeah. adventure and the 890 adventure. But I just think it's interesting because it's the 790 and 890 are going to be so similar, yeah. There was only 100 cc, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's- so. Anyway, I thought either I had to mention that because it's um it's really interesting, but it does the, the um the design is slightly different.
0: Okay, so so it's aesthetically different as well as yeah. So
1: I, I yeah. think it might it might be a bit lighter, but who knows? Um, there's another interesting point, and it was talking about tax. Yes, again, oh. and it was saying that for all road vehicles, each year the government takes seven billion in revenue. Mm, wow. from 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 all vehicles yeah. relating to tax. And so it's just the interesting idea of when everything goes electric because it was talking about electric bikes and yeah. how the government are pushing for that and how there are all these tax breaks. You know, will they be willing to give that up once everyone goes electric? No, I
0: think from what I've heard sort of in whispers has been they're going to start charging people per mile, per mile they drive. So it won't matter how much your car's polluting, which will gauge your road tax or how heavy your vehicle is. I think it's going to be per mile that you drive.
1: Um which for some people could be quite costly it could indeed um but also i don't know how they because you know if you live in the city you do very low mileage yeah exactly if you live a, so who knows how they're going to do that who knows? but um i'll certainly be interested to see what yes. happens that's for sure okay really quick fire question go on for commuting in london yeah would you rather have a kawasaki z900 rs or a yamaha xsr 900 so these are two sort of retro style yeah. bikes, but very capable. So
0: I like them both, yeah, for their own sort of aspects and uniqueness. But I have heard that the Yamaha can be uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, I, I can't remember who I was listening to, but I was saying the riding position is quite aggressive for an upright sort of retro bike. Um, but then I've also heard that the Kawasaki might be more suited to it's it's more comfortable. But it's also it's more comfortable in every aspect. So the power oh, okay. curve and how it delivers the power and how it rides. Um
1: so you'd
0: you take the Cowie? I think I'd take the Cowie, to
1: be honest. There we have it. There just, we have just it. Just for comfort, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Well no, I mean it's uh it was just, a, what about just you? a quick question. I uh, I think I'd take the XSR. Yeah? Yeah, I think I would. Because I love that triple. Yeah, um, to be fair, you've had your that your taste of it. Yeah, that aggressive M T nine engine. In mm. in quite a cool looking cool um looking shell, so yeah, I'd I'd probably take that, but um they're both great bikes, so yeah. But anyway, moving on. CRF mm. two fifty MOT this week. Oh yeah, how so, did that go? Happy days past, no issues. Oh, so just well for done. That. Well done. Um, but other than that, we've just been uh, cracking on as usual. I think. Yeah. We've we've had a great day today, haven't we? Oh
0: yeah, we've been here, there, and everywhere. We met up early this morning, grabbed a coffee, and just hit the road because. Yeah, I think it's the only dry dry day we've got this week. Yeah, I think and the have, rest of the to week make is most of it. That's it. So, um, yeah, we've been just cruising around London, enjoying the weather, and getting some content for uh, the account.
1: Yeah, that's it. Um, and we had um, the guys over at HRO and Ferrari kindly invited us for a coffee. Yes, um, that was nice. A, yeah, we had a really nice meeting with them. Um, had a look at some of their lovely cars in the showroom. Stunning, absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah, wow.
0: There was some really unique beauties in there. They had, um, it was like a 60s GTO. Yeah. Stunning car. Got to be the favourite. Got to be the favourite. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah. And then um, and then after lunch, we were out um, on the roads getting some more shots. And then we bumped into a follower. Yes, we did. Or A follower slash listener. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the name of CJ. So um, hello, CJ. Hello, CJ. Um, it was really good to bump into you. And um, for anyone else listening, if you do spot us or we spot you, be you know do come and say yeah. hi because it was uh, we had a really great combo.
0: We won't bite, we promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this week's topic, what is it? It is. Does size matter?
1: Does size matter? That is that is the question. Um, it's been a contentious subject for many years in many areas. Of <laughs> yeah, I but agree with you. When it comes to bikes, um, it's really important. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think we're going to unpiece that and, and see what we have to think. So um, well, where do we begin? Well, I guess what's the what's the smallest bike you can buy? Here's it's testing yeah, your knowledge on, on, on knowledge. your feet. What's what's the smallest bike you can buy from from a factory that's, that's not a moped or a, you know a scooter,
0: like a like a proper geared bike? Yeah, with a fifty. Yeah, yeah, got to be a fifty.
1: I think it must be. I don't think you get anything smaller. Than no, you.
0: unless you're going back into you know you get those bikes with the pedals that you sort of <laughs> pedal okay, along, yeah. so. then Fine, you might yeah. get 25 cc, but no, I think 50 is yeah. <laughs> the most generic uh, okay. yeah, yeah. engine no,
1: plastic That's a fair point um, but I, I do know what you're referring to No, okay, so we, I don't think they sell any of those anymore. No, I don't think they do T- Times have moved on. Okay What's the biggest bike, displacement-wise? Uh, okay I've got, it, I've got what... it noted down here because I had to check So I... Is it like the, the, the Boss Hog or something? The Hoss Boss? And it's like a 3.5 V8? Oh. Well, you could be right. I've I've got it written down, and this is from my research, that the Triumph Rocket 3, which is 2,500cc, yeah. is the largest... Is that like production bike? Production Okay, bike. maybe I'm thinking yeah. custom. No, well, I mean, a V8 on a bike sounds pretty
0: insane. Yes, it is. Um, the fuel tank on this thing is, you know, it's probably about a metre
1: wide. Really? It's huge. I'll have to look that up. The Boss, what? I think it's like Boss Hoss your knowledge. Um, amazing. <laughs> Quite obscure. Bossos. boss horse. Okay, well, if anyone knows what that is, let us know. Um, so, would you agree that the more CC you have in your bike, the more fun you have?
0: No. Not at all. Because, for example, you can have a 125 two-stroke crosser, CR125 or something like that, and you can have way more fun than on, for example don't know some of these harleys have quite huge capacities
1: they do they do harleys are known for having they just bore out their cylinders don't yeah they? absolutely um, massive v-twins so
0: i think it's all relative i think it depends on your setting because on the flip side you could have an absolute amazing time on a harley if you're cruising sort of from one side of the country to the other in comparison to if you were to do it on a SCR 125 okay no
1: you raise a really good point and i think what we have to do is split it into three categories and i've actually already done this in my notes. Oh, so i so i've written dirt road and city and when i say road i mean like the open road yeah so if we start with dirt we've basically got mx and enduro bikes yeah as a as 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 a, as a category we've got adv bikes like like dual sport big yeah like, well yeah dual sport and then proper adventure bikes your gs's you know your DAM yeah. bikes. Dad bikes. So, what do you think is the best engine displacement for riding in the dirt?
0: I think it's tricky because, obviously, the higher displacement you go, the more weight you gain. Yeah. And depending on how difficult the terrain is, you want the least amount of weight possible. So, I feel like that's also, you could. I think you could split that down again.
1: Okay, go on.
0: Because if you had the lightweight category, I feel like a 250 is the sweet spot. Yeah. And then it's just your choice of two stroke or four, because if you start going up the scale with the, if you're going to like the four fifty four stroke crosses, you're getting a bit heavy on the heavy side. Mm. But meanwhile, you go down to one two fives, especially if you're in a four stroke um, format, and it's just underpowered. So I feel like two fifty is a sweet spot for crosses. I mean, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I would. I would agree. Um, I mean, you've got there are some lightweight adventure bikes like the Tenere that are really cool. That's true. Um, and you see shots of people absolutely I know. ripping. I Even the Af- Africa Twin. Africa Twin, I know. But then you see it in the flesh and you think, mmm, it's a lot
0: bigger than it looks see, on they're camera. They're a big bike. Well, remember when we came across uh, that one in Salisbury Plain? Yes. Yeah, and that was decked out very nicely. That was. That was a really, really, really nice bike.
1: Yeah, we bumped into two guys when we were out on a trip and one of them was on an Africa Twin and the other one was on um, the KTM 690. It droid. was, yeah. And that's a really cool looking bike. That is cool. And... I think when it comes to riding on the dirt, one of the biggest challenges is that you want you want enough power and enough comfort to be able to ride to wherever you're That's going off road. Yeah, but then it needs to be light enough and flickable enough to handle well when you actually get there. Yeah,
0: it's like you you, you wouldn't want to do if your green lanes or wherever you're going off roading is an hour's ride away. You wouldn't want to sit on the motorway or dual carriageway, whatever, on a motocross bike because the gearing's all wrong and they're just they're not built for it. 100% They're built for short blaster of speed so i think if you have to travel to get to your off-roading i think it's got to be an adventure bike of yeah. some sort whether it's a Tenere or the KTM whatever um
1: but it's interesting because the the CRF 250 Rally what yes, i have that's what you've got. is compared to it it might look like a crosser but it's but not. it's different yeah and it's and it's a lot heavier it's top heavy and, you know, compared to, like, a Tenere, it's super light, but I feel the difference from, like, a standard Enduro yeah. bike when I get on that.
0: So this is where you can break it down again. This is, like, a subcategory between adventure bikes and motocrosses.
1: True, true. And, and they're bit down the middle. But I, th- I, guess, I guess the reason why we're, we're, we're kind of merging them together is that it's almost like last episode, we've got the manufacturers to blame, where yeah, you, <laughs> you've got these true. massive adventure bikes being ridden like Enduro bikes. And so the average person, they'll look at that and think, well, oh, it's basically an enduro bike yeah. because it's, it's, it's been called the da-da-da enduro. Exactly. Um, and in all the press shots, mm. the videos, they're, they're, they're ripping around on them. Um, so yet again, that's one of those things where it's slightly misleading from the manufacturers. Yeah, no, it is. I agree. Because the number of times I've been leaning and on my CRF and there's been, I can hear an, uh, what like an MTO7 engine coming towards me and it's a Tenere. Yeah. And it kind of peters along, and then they stop, and they say, oh, "Hi, how are you doing?" You have a little chat. Yeah. It's nice. And the number of times the conversation goes, "Oh, when did you buy?" "Oh, I've had it for I've had it for a while. You know, I've I fitted all the bash plates and everything to yeah. it. But um, I don't know. Like it's oh, there's not much traction. Oh, it's really heavy. And yeah, and, it's the weight. And that's the thing. And they buy it thinking that they can just absolutely go have for it. it. Yeah, and it's quite misleading. Yeah,
0: because so. even I mean, well, I can say I've had a similar sort of experience when I've seen footage of the old-school Triumphs um, doing motocross racing, yeah, like from the 60s and stuff, because they were so small and light back then, they can chuck them around like a motocross bike, which is, well, that's what they were. So then when we went green-laning on our Triumphs for the first time... Different story. Different story. It's like a 230 kilo bike below you, and it's it's quite a lot to manage on the dirt, and it it wants to get away with you, especially 900 cc's. It's a parallel twin torque, you know, it can get away from you quite quickly. So... I think it's good. It's good to know that for dirt. I think I. I mean I know some of these new bikes have different maps in them. They do. So you can change the map and it changes the power delivery, which I think would help hugely, especially for the large bikes like the Tenere's and Africa
1: Twins and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's dirt bikes dealt with. Now, what about the open road? Because that is that that's the majority of the people listening. That's probably what they're yeah. interested in hearing about.
0: So, well, how are we going to break this
1: down? Well, I've got the three categories that I've looked at is, number one, your litre bikes. Yeah. So your fast sports bikes, um, you could you could probably couple 600s into there because they're also lightning yeah. quick. Um, anything, whether it's a Yamaha one, Chikachi Banigale, a Hayabusa, a Jixxer. All of those types of bikes. So we just say sports bikes. As sports a bikes, exactly. Okay, fine. So that's that's kind of number one, and I, I suppose you could even couple in like super dukes in there as well. Yeah. Um, like super nakeds. Super nakeds. Yeah. So, the more CC, the better. What do you think?
0: I think it depends again where your your riding style and your intentions of where you're going to go on the bike. Yeah. That's for me personally. I mean, I would like to have something that could do it all, because I feel like a lot of the times if you're going to be riding in towns and stuff yeah and not so much like the the open road out in the countryside i i don't feel like you need a, a thousand cc's yeah
1: but uh, so but but our third category is going to be city riding okay fine so, so let's assume that. that for the open road okay we're just in this the country is, and you might be doing the odd scoot through a town but okay fine primarily you're on national speed limit roads maybe motorways maybe you're on the continent so what, i think what's your bike of
0: choice my bike of choice Oh, it's got to be an R1. It's got to be an R1. A <laughs> okay. personal favourite. Um, it's tricky. It is tricky because there's a lot of capacities that I'd be quite happy with. Um, I think it's all down to preference and how confident you are. That's I think that's an important thing to note. If you're not feeling that confident, if you've just come from maybe a 250 mutt or you've passed your test and you're not 100% confident on the bike, then don't obviously jump straight on a litre bike and think, are oh, you going to have the best time? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think definitely... Just assess your own skill before you choose an engine capacity.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's good advice. So, the other category I had was, so I wrote, I basically I called it pleasure bikes because I couldn't think of it. So, out. what are we talking about? Like cruisers and stuff. We're talking cruisers. We're talking bikes like the Triumph Rocket Three, Harley's, the uh, Triumph Bobber. Yeah, th- those types of bikes. Laid back. The, the Honda Rebel, your favorite oh, yeah. bike. Favorite <laughs> <laughs> bike, classic. What's you know, what do you think of those?
0: so the triumph bob has actually grown on me quite a bit yeah since i since i saw one of that chrome release and sat well i've seen them around but sat on one for the first time there and uh the riding position is actually quite cool because it's it's almost like relaxed but aggressive at the same time because you're sort of stretching forward for the bars and they're quite low and it almost feels like a bike that you could ride quick on if you wanted to but also just happily cruise on the motorway or dual carriageway, whatever
1: yeah I, I, I totally agree. I had the same thoughts. You know, when I when I first looked at the Bobber, mm. I thought that's got to be one of the most uncomfortable bikes.
0: Yeah. Because it's got that tractor seat. It just looks and your knees are sort of a, a right angle and it's... Yeah,
1: but then you sit on it and it's... a completely different story. It's actually it's really, it's comfortable. really comfortable. It's really comfortable. Also, just a great platform. Mm. That 1200cc yeah. engine from Triumph.
0: It is. No, 100%. Um, even... Yeah, all the bikes, I think, even the, the Bonnevilles that have that... Uh, 1200 cc engine yeah i think they're great bikes definitely plenty of talk six speed box which compared to ours is especially for motorway and a long journey to the godsend
1: i wish they had put six, six speed. in ours yeah yeah
0: because it would make all the difference you buzz along at
1: 70 don't you yeah but it's just like you're always looking for that sixth gear on a bike yeah when you're when you're out of town and you're giving it the beans or, or even if you're just cruising on the motorway you just you just want those revs to drop drop yeah you know a thousand rpm yeah. and, and it would be happy but then having said that We've done long stints on the motorway where we've we've and sat it. And you they know, do it. They do it. And they they buzz along. And it's funny empathy. because you put you pull into a services after, you know, an hour and a half of, on the motorway and you kind of get off and you look at the bike expecting it to be sort of dripping with the oil. <laughs> you expect <laughs> to see Something, what you've done yeah. to it. And it's just it turns off and then it's ready it's to go fine. again. Yeah. So um yeah, I always find that impressive.
0: But no, back to the the capacity question. I think Depending on the amount of mileage and stuff you're doing as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like the Triumph Rocket, oh, that would be a bike I'd love to take on a long journey. Yeah. Just up, even to go up the whole country or into Europe or anywhere. It just looks like it can handle the road well
1: for oh, a long journey. Definitely. And having that power to, in any gear, wind yeah. on that throttle and, and, and to well, got just to be helpful. zoom. Because it's worth mentioning that your engine configuration is really important in this question. Yes. So whether it's an inline four or V4, if you're very lucky, <laughs> Indeed. Or a parallel twin or a V2, you know, whatever it is that, that makes a huge difference as to how the bike will ride. Yeah. And the rocket three is one of those bikes where, as I said, you, it's got so much torque that you just open it up and
0: any off you gear go. and you're gone. Yeah. So I've, I feel like good beginner bikes, V twins, because of the engine braking. for me, that, that's what I found personally. Yeah. So I, When I did my bike test, I got my SV650, 650 V-twin, and um, yeah, great bike, because you can just let off in any gear, and it almost feels like the rear brake's on, slowing you down, and you can, I could slow down before I set traffic lights, just using the gears. Fair enough. Just dropping down, bop, 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 and I can almost come to a stop.
1: Whereas an inline
0: four. Whereas an inline four, you can let the clutch out, and you can just feel that thing coasting. Even when I bought my Bonneville. Really? I felt the difference. No way. Uh, yeah, and I, I let the clutch out expecting this harsh engine braking, and it was just nothing. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to actually have to brake a bit more now. Wow. It's quite aggressive, the engine braking on the V-Twin.
1: God, I wonder what a Super Duke is like. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, fair enough. I mean, but the thing is, with with these kind of cruiser bikes, because with Harley, it seems like their, their flagship models have the highest displacement. Yeah. To, you know... 1900 cc or oh, whatever crazy isn't it and i guess that does make sense if if you are just sitting and cruising because then you've got that the engines well they have
0: so much torque they can sit at such yeah. a low rpm and just sort of cruise just plod along
1: and, and i guess and, and and the engine's fairly understressed yeah because that's definitely something, that's something i always you know when you'll be on the motorway and you'll you'll have some jixa 600 pass you And he's cruising, but you know he's at 8,000 RPM. Yeah,
0: such a high-strung engine, you just hear it. Um, So yeah, I think displacement and use are definitely the main two categories to take hand in hand.
1: But I think out of all the categories we've discussed so far, and, and in total, dirt road and city, I think road is the most open because you can you can ride anything. Oh you can ride anything and enjoy ride. anything and and, yeah. and it all depends you know if you want to go extremely fast then then you get a quick bike but if no, you exactly. want to cruise you get a cruiser. It's, there's so yeah. many options now. There is
0: there is but even even on certain bikes that aren't built for speed you can still have a great deal of fun on the road. True. It's just finding the roads to have fun on. If you find some really twisty roads that are too twisty for even the best person on a sports bike, you can have great fun on a low capacity bike because you can use all the power. Mm. So you can absolutely wring its neck, not go at law breaking speeds, and still have a great time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't think of that many bikes above 650 cc's that where you can wring their neck and not be doing no, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> not be, not be doing illegal speeds. Yeah, but um, that that is just part of it. I guess that's true. Um, yeah, we've all been there. Okay, city riding. This, right I guess this is going to be the most interesting because some people would argue that the smaller the better, yeah. whereas some people would argue that otherwise.
0: Well, you see how many scooters get around the city yeah, and they seem to manage day by day and most of those are 125. So, um, and then considering the speed limits in London, it's just sort of a 50-50 mix of 20 miles an hour and
1: 30. It's true. It's true. And it's something I've, I've thought about this for a long time because I don't... It, as someone that owns a one two five and a nine hundred, I'm still undecided as to which one is is better. Yeah. Because they have their pros and cons. You know, on the one hand, the the one two five is really great because you can you can ride all five gears in a twenty mile an yeah. hour speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking, you can, uh, very easily, uh, without lugging the engine, and it's flickable. It's fun. It's light. Lightweight, yeah. The only issue that I have with that is that, you know, if you've got a relatively loud exhaust on a 125 and you're going,
0: bah, bah, yeah.
1: and you're peeing through the gears, it feels like you're flying, but you're not. Yeah, And that's something that's just sort of, I don't know, it's, it's a bit humiliating.
0: Well, I think noise actually plays a big part in it. Because when I tried that live wire yeah. and it's dead silent, and you, you twist the throttle and you can feel the things going quick, but you almost don't know how quick because you've got no noise to gauge it. It's True. odd.
1: True. And, I, and that's why I always, you know, you hear all this sort of loud, loud pipe saves lives thing. And I to an extent, I agree with that. But I also just think it's nice to hear what the bike's doing. Yeah. Um, Because I've always had people say like, oh, you know, it hasn't got, a, it, it, you know, it's really muffled, but then it means you can hear the intake really well. And I've never understood what people mean by that. And you know, I've never been on a bike and thought the intake sounds awesome. But so, you probably know that. So, okay. So
0: my Suzuki, yeah, you can hear the intake more than the exhaust when you're on the bike. Really? Because it's had this, its the airbox is modified and it's got a high flow filter and stuff and when you open it up, I what I'm hearing is just intake noise.
1: So what are you actually hearing?
0: Well, it's just, it sounds like
1: exhaust noise but it's just different. Okay, well I obviously need to get on a few <laughs> more bikes and, and understand what this is but I still stand by my comment and I have no idea what that's like. Um, and so, it's a bit like how I once heard, you'd always hear people saying, oh, what's the wind noise like on that helmet? What's the wind noise? Yeah. And, I'd never even noticed wind noise until there was one day where I was listening to someone talking about it and they also said, I've never noticed wind noise and I remember thinking, I'm the same and then from that moment I then noticed it because oh, I was Really? Like, yeah, and it's just one of these weird things where I was I was out on a, I was on a main road and I suddenly focused on it and I was like, Actually that's really loud and that You've never wind noticed no- the wind noise. Oh no now I know it. Now now I know it's especially with open face helmets, but I'm just saying it's one of those things that I hadn't noticed. Because when I switched from
0: my Rogue helmet to my DMD, I noticed the DMD was a lot louder straight away.
1: Yeah, DMD, it's the loudest helmet I've ever had.
0: And it's just horrendous, the wind noise. Like on the motorway, that thing is deafening on my No,
1: you can't, you can't go on the motorway. I hear wind noise even when I've got headphones in on the motorway. That yeah. thing. You, you even hear, you even get wind noise going 30 miles an hour. Yeah,
0: yeah you get it through London.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's quite a noisy helmet.
1: Yeah, it's a really noisy helmet um
0: but that's quite odd that you never noticed it
1: before yeah well you you heard heard it here first um (laughs) no but going back to the 125 versus 900 thing Mm. you know there is something very satisfying about having power in london on a bike because there for those of you that don't live in london there are so many scooters Oh it's a... And and this is not like you, you know, you picture Rome in Italy and you think Vespers and lovely no, no, ladies no. and it's not like that at it's all. Not at all. It's it's delivery riders with Domino's their, Pizza the with Domino's Pizza them. with the modular helmets on the kind of you know, my knowledge of of, of scooters is quite limited, but yeah,
0: one two know. five scooters in there yeah. they just uh, they just do what they want. Yeah. 100%. They ride where they want. And there seems to be no road laws for them.
1: No. And that's why when I'm at the front of the lights, because we always are... You lights, want to get away first. You want to get away first. You're surrounded by them. Yeah. And you know that when the light goes green, they just twist the throttle to its most on position. Yeah. And they just hold it. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they don't have to think <laughs> no, about clutch, they don't think about gears, and their mind is obviously elsewhere anyway. Yeah. Watching the, the World Cup, like watching, the, the other week. Watching the World Cup. And so I find that when I'm on my mutt, because I've got to ping through the gears, and the mutt only has nine horsepower. <laughs> as at 125, it is, it's predisposed to be quite slow. And so, I find if it's busy at the lights to get away, I've got to really give it the beans. Yeah. And I've got to be, I've got to You're be like on Quick it. shifting. Yeah, to, you know, you have to
0: almost pull off when the light just turns amber, and then you. Literally, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: like a sort of like a Malay start. I've got <laughs> my, I've got my handle, <laughs> my yeah, helmet, ready to go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, which is why when I'm on the Triumph, it's like happy days because yeah. even if I've even if I'm looking at someone crossing the road or whatever. And then the lighting scenery. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the light goes green, I haven't realised. And the scooter's whoop, and they're off. You just whoop, you just give it you're a bit of beans, yeah. yeah, and, and you're ahead. That's the good thing about having more power, I suppose. And it that, can also get you out of dangerous situations. Hundred percent. And because with the scooter thing, it's like you never know when they're going to pull a UE, pull no. D- they're it. no, they never indicate. Yeah, yeah, they're the sort of on the the the, the Prius equivalent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The biking yeah. world, yeah. Um, and you just never know when they're going to stop. And so I always think it's really nice to just get away from them. Get ahead. Yeah. Get ahead and, and, and crack on. Um, but as you quite rightly state, getting out of danger. Yeah. So important. Oh
0: yeah. There's been numerous times when, you know, that extra bit of power just to help you get ahead of the the unfolding event has been a lifesaver.
1: Yeah. And that's something that with with the must, with the one two five, I'll I'll find myself in situations where I have to just plan ahead so much more. I suppose that's I have, a good thing. That is a good it. thing. Yeah. But it, it's almost, it's tough because it's like, I have to look at two cars and I think, okay, if he slows down or if this gap closes even more. And I yeah. Can, so it's like, if I commit to going for an overtake, like even if like, if, if it's kind of filtering. Yeah. I have to really commit. Yeah, and be on fully committed. Yeah. And just kind of, sometimes it's like, I've just got my fingers crossed that I'll make the gap. I know, <laughs> oh And that sounds really bad. Yeah. It's not quite like that. Yeah. No, yeah, I get like, what you mean. I get what you mean. But on the Triumph, it's like... Bro, you open up and see... You You're later. there, yeah. And it's no issue. And you know that you've always got more power. So, I think, in the city, the the best bike you can have is something with at least 40 horsepower. Yeah. Like I would say the minimum horsepower you want is like what the Interceptor makes, like 47.
0: Yeah, that's a good amount.
1: Because it's a good amount that you can... You can ride it like a 125 if you so wish. You know, you can just cruise. But you have the power there but if you need it. you have the power there if you need it. Yeah. So I think, that's, I think that's really important. But my advice, I think, last episode was everyone get a 125. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like mixed messaging here, but but still still get a 125. But just, just you know, be careful. Because the, the
0: benefit to 125, like we we're saying about the forward planning. Yeah. And that's a great skill to have for when you do have a bigger bike. Definitely. So I think everyone should start a 125. And then when they can, when they feel confident, get something bigger
1: yeah so i guess what we've learned from this is engine size doesn't really matter no or it does but it depends on what you want
0: exactly yeah it depends on your use for it yeah so if you have a specific use for the bike and you need a minimum engine power then it does matter of course but i think in general there's a lot of bikes you can have a lot of fun on and do anything with and the capacity is just you know just an extra
1: cool cool should we move on to the q and a let's do it we've got a bunch of questions this week but we we can only answer a few um but let's get started do you want to start
0: yeah go on let's see what we've got here so here's a good one from uh, finest designs oh yeah cool what is your dream three bike garage
1: oh gosh what a question what a question that's almost that's almost a podcast episode. It's. So I feel like be. we we could ring that out for minimum of forty minutes if we so if we <laughs> yeah, if we want to. It could be done. Um, let's be quick about it. Okay. So my first reaction is okay. Let's see. Three bike garage. Um, I want a a, a a bike to just enjoy. Yeah. I want a bike to to ride fast, and I want a bike to ride on the dirt. Yeah. So that those would be my my three categories. Number one, I'd have. Something like my Triumph Scrambler 900. Mm-hmm. That is perfect for round town, and it's so, good fun. So sort of do anything bike, and it's good fun. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, my fast bike would be um, a Yamaha R1M or um, an Aprilia RSV4 or a Ducati Panigale V4S. Yes, so, great selection. An yeah, any three of those, um, and then my third bike would be. And this is assuming I'm living in London as well. Yeah. My third bike would be either a beautifully tricked out Yamaha Tenere 700 or a KTM 450 Enduro.
0: That's a great 3 bike garage.
1: So, yeah. But I, I'm not, No, but I'm now thinking there are more. So no, but the question was three. The question was three. <laughs> Finance designs signs next week. Please ask your your 10 bike. Yes. We'll, we'll I'll answer we'll that. I'll have a top 10. No, what's your answer?
0: Okay, so mine's actually quite similar to yours. Okay. So I'd have my fun bikes, fast bike, off-road bike. Yep. So my fun bike would be like my Bonneville because yep. I love that bike to bits and it's great fun. Not, not a scrambler. It's not a scrambler, but you know. No, your bike is lovely. No, I love my bike. Um, so my fast bike Also it's got to be one of those The trio that you just listed out They are one m the Panigale or the RSV4
1: They are they are wonderful bikes They're all stunning
0: bikes So it would be one of those Which one? If I was given one I wouldn't care um, Fair enough As a preference, that's tricky as well They're all great bikes As a preference I'd narrow it down to either Ducati or Yamaha I think um, And then for Dirt that's also, you could do a four-bike garage, and then you could have Oh, right, so bike yeah, you've if... now hit well, I did oh, the okay, point fine, that I had. fine, fine, yeah. fine. We'll keep it to three. Um, if Yeah, trick out tenary, Because it just seems like the bike is light enough that you can do some more technical off-roading, but also comfortable enough that you can do long journeys on. If you want to load up all your kit and just disappear for the weekend, you can do it on that bike.
1: Well, for those of you listening, sorry we had exactly the same yeah. answer. That was, <laughs> not, that, that was not planned. It wasn't the intention. But it just goes to show that, that those are the bikes to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah okay fine well they, they, they are good bikes
0: let's uh see what else we've got have you got any other
1: yeah so um any reasons for not having mirrors on your bike and uh, who's this question from from chan cap
0: okay so any reasons why, well to be honest
1: because neither of us have mirrors.
0: no i think for me it's just purely aesthetics yeah i just don't like the look of mirrors most mirrors are form over function yeah exactly most mirrors are horrendous i mean i bought i do have quite a nice mirror set up when i want one
1: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> which is that back underbar yes. mirror which is quite discreet and you know it's it's in a quite good spot to uh, give you a good vision of the road behind but yeah it's just it's not
1: a look for me it's not and most people disagree most people do disagree, purely from like a safety perspective. I get a lot of people saying, why do you have mirrors on your bike? You, you can't see anything behind yeah. you. And they are right, in a way. However, it, I find it forces me to do my lifesavers and yeah, and I'm know always... more about what's around me. Oh, yeah, big time. It's very rare that at any point while I'm riding, you'll say to me, have you got a car behind you? And I won't know. No. I, I, I normally know. Um. And so, but but the main reason is also aesthetics. Yeah. But also something that's interesting is that the only mirrors that I would have would be like the bar and mirrors, you know, something yeah. low key. No, I
0: wouldn't have bunny ears.
1: <laughs> Agreed. But the bar end mirrors I've had in the past, I used to find that when I was filtering, they, I, I'd just much wider. yeah Yeah. Um, so, and also with any mirror that's discreet, all you see is your forearm. No, not exactly. So to have proper mirrors, they need to be massive. And then he poke just out. Not something far. we're willing
0: to do. No. Um, so, what, have you got another let's one? See. Yeah, go on. Um, so, we've got a few here that are quite similar to each other. How about this one? Um, if we were both forced to sell our bikes and buy something else, what would we buy? Oh, well, That's from uh, Southeast Trinity.
1: Oh, well, I can't imagine a situation where I'd be forced no. to sell my bike. That would be very, very sad. Um, but it's a good question. Um, what would I buy? It's quite tricky when you, you get put on the spot, you've got to, it is tricky. Um, but I'd buy something. Well, the obvious, the boring answer would be say I'd buy the same thing, but, um, that's no fun. <laughs> I think, I think I try and scramble 1200. Yeah.
0: I think I can agree with you on that. It just seems like the next obvious step yeah. from our bikes.
1: Yeah. I love my Scrambler, but it's a little bit cramped, and the 1200 looks bang on. Yeah. Okay, here's a question for you, Jed. Go on. Have you... And this is from Chan Cap again, who's very prolific with his questions. Have you had any road rage whilst filtering?
0: Have I had any road rage? Well, it, it's going to happen. Is it?
1: So, I'm just
0: trying to think of some occasions now. I've Normally... I, I do
1: recall one story you told me once R- about, refresh my memory about potentially bashing oh <laughs> yeah. do, do we is that something is you're that willing something to share or may, may, maybe not maybe not
0: i think we keep that one for uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to come find out in person
1: yeah you can hear it from jed in person, you can hear me in person but he's but not willing to have it no. uh, broadcasted to the world um but I think the short answer to that question sounds like it's yes. a yes. <laughs> yes.
0: It can happen. It can happen. And more often than not, it's a Prius driver or someone like that. You know, they're just not aware.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it can be tricky on a bike when, especially in London and in busy areas, when you've, you'll have you be riding along and someone will just pull out yeah. and they, they don't see you. And in, in, in many ways, you can't blame them if they don't see you, but they should be concentrating more because... We're so vulnerable. It's not, yeah, it's not a great feeling. We've... We've both had accidents, yeah, which we're going to talk about more in future episodes. And when it does happen, it's not fun. But even it if someone does pull out and it gives you that shock, it, yeah, takes, that's enough. it takes an hour to calm, calm down, down from that feeling. It's horrible. So they burden you with that. Yeah. Well, on that sombre note, that's the end.
0: That is it. So we'll join you in the new year, I guess.
1: Yeah, guys, have a great Christmas. And Boy, a great you will have year. had your Christmas by yeah. the time you hear this, but hope you had an awesome Christmas. And uh, yeah, catch you on the next one.
0: See you on the next one. Cheers.